have a 27-month-old and a 10-month-old. Both of them are little boys. And my mom is adamantly opposed to the fact that I'm still breastfeeding my younger child and that I rock my older son to sleep at night and that my house is a child-centered house. She came into my home the other night uninvited and didn't even knock on the door. And as the door was opening, proceeded to lecture me and my husband for an hour and a half on what terrible rotten parents we were because my house was cluttered. I'm trying to do the right thing, and right now I don't want anything to do with my mom. I don't want her around me or my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard for me because I don't want to dishonor my mother and father. Well, I think most of us want approval from our parents and from others who are important to us. But the question June Hunt is asking today is, are you too desperate for that approval? This is Hope for the Heart. Let's get started today as we listen to June's conversation with this young woman who's trying to be a good wife, a good mother, and a good daughter. A quick note, this call is pre-recorded. I have a 27-month-old and a 10-month-old. Both of them are little boys. Mm. And my mom is adamantly opposed to the fact that I'm still breastfeeding my younger child and that I rock my older son to sleep at night and that my house is a child-centered house. Where does your mom live? Oh, 45-minute drive away. So she's not in your home? Well, she came into my home the other night mm -hmm. uninvited and didn't even knock on the door. And as the door was opening, proceeded to lecture me and my husband for an hour and a half on what terrible rotten parents we were because my house was cluttered. Let's talk about this. What did this mother do? Barge in, saying what? Bad parents because some clutter in the house. And by the way, with me, she clarified the house wasn't dirty. Uh, anybody here ever have children, little ones? <laughs> Obviously, everything was always 100% in place, right? Only when they were asleep. Yeah, when they were asleep, maybe. This is not normal for a mother to do this. So obviously, there's some agenda the mom has, but it's very disconcerting. How long did she lecture? An hour and a half? What about that? My husband would have asked her to leave a long time ago. <laughs> right. Let me show you to the door. <laughs> okay, well, let's see what's going on in this scenario. I figure my housework will always be there, but my babies aren't going to be babies That's forever. Right. That's right. So my concern is if I die tomorrow, mm -hmm. I want my children to know I loved them and not mm -hmm. loved my house. I've really been struggling with this, and my husband is being as supportive as he can, and he just can't understand how much of a struggle this is for me. What is the struggling part of it? I'm trying to do the right thing, and right now I don't want anything to do with my mom. I don't want her around me or my kids. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard for me because I don't want to dishonor my mother and father. She is telling me that I'm breaking one of the Ten Commandments, that I'm not honoring her. If I'm not doing what she requires of me, then I'm really having a hard time with this, and I don't know how to tell her. Oh, is this a little spiritual manipulation? Wait a minute. Isn't there a scripture that says, honor your father and mother? Yes, but it also says the two become one when you get married. Leave and cleave. Do you think that's at the forefront of this young woman's mind? Not yet. It's not on a radar screen. This is difficult when scripture is used to try to manipulate because 
What she said was, I'm not honoring her if I'm not doing what she requires of me. This mother is clearly being manipulative. Does the Bible say that children are to obey their parents? Now, that's a different passage, you know, besides honor your father and mother. So now there are two kingpin passages. But the answer is what you just presented. Genesis 2, 24. A man will leave father and mother and be united to his wife, not his mother, be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. That is taking the Bible in context, and that's what we've got to do always. When people are communicating some spiritual, quote-unquote, truth, well, is it consistent with the whole counsel of God? If so, that's fine, but her assumptions are not consistent. But what about this issue of honoring? Because she's saying, well, how do I honor my mom? And I don't know how to tell her mm-hmm. that this is just unacceptable on her part. When someone continues to be inappropriate, we mustn't expect them to all of a sudden be like they are zapped by the fairy godmother. Oh, I wish and, there was and, one. Well, yes, but there is no group of fairy godmothers that fly through the air and zap us. This is not fantasy land. It sounds to me like she doesn't understand boundaries. I don't think she does. So therefore, it's her problem. Don't let her problem be your problem. I'm sure right now you're thinking, yes, but but the Bible says I should honor my father and mother. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how to reconcile the two. Okay. Bottom line, what is honorable? Is what they are doing honorable? If not, then no, you don't do what is being demanded of you. I want you to help me steal this from the store. Are you going to steal from the store because your mother said so? We honor parents by the way we live our lives, that we are honest, respectful, not living with immorality. In other words, not having a perfectly spotless house where every single thing is in its place. The Bible doesn't speak of that, does it? No, not that I've ever read. I've never seen it. But it does speak about moral attributes. It does speak about character. As much as we would want our parents to be 100% pleased with us, the reality is at times we will have different value systems. Now, there is a scripture that applies to you. When you become married, you are to leave father and mother and be united to your husband. There is a leaving and a cleaving. That doesn't mean that your parents should never be thought about, that you should be heartless. Now you must be prioritizing the relationship with your mate, and you have the watch care of your children as primary. And that means that at times with little ones, The house will be cluttered. Sometimes my mom wants my loyalty to be to her and not my husband and my children. Okay, what is the problem with this? Mother's jealous. The mother's jealous. She wants time. She wants control. The mother wants control. But the daughter hasn't learned to set her own healthy boundaries either. Not by listening to an hour and a half of a lecture. The mother is seeking to have her needs met in an illegitimate way. Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. What should the daughter do? Lock her door. <laughs> Lock the door? <laughs> I think 
she needs a cooling off period. I don't think she needs to talk to her mother until she has her head straight. I think as the spiritual leader of the house, the husband should take the lead and sit down with the mother and as a united couple present this scripture and say, okay, this is where we are. When we married, we became one flesh and we are honoring you by creating another family and being part of God's design. So your role has changed just like ours has. That's an interesting perspective. And I want to come back. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say that her mother is feeling a loss of control over losing her daughter. Of course, the daughter is acting emotionally right now, and she does need to distance herself from that relationship, build strength up in knowing who she is in God and who she is in the relationship of a mother, biblically, and then take mm -hmm. a step either with her husband, which would be best, she needs to set some boundaries with her mother and confront her and say, I love you and let's set aside some time maybe once a week or once a month to go shopping or to go to lunch or do something so that the mother knows she doesn't not love her anymore because she's mm -hmm. focusing her time on her family, but that she is not the priority. Raising her children is a priority and she appreciates that her mother wants to help but her and her husband are going to decide how to raise her children. She does appreciate that mom wants to, but right now she is um, not going to accept that kind of input as long as her mother's being manipulative. Right. The issue of, you said confront, she does need to confront. Just locking the door, yeah. hiding in the closet, not answering the door, changing the lock, even though we smile at that, there are those who do that. I know one woman who literally would hide in the closet. It's like well, there's a safety from the mother. But and she's remaining the victim. That's right. See, that's not a solution. The confrontation has to be a part of the solution, but done correctly. Yes. If I was in her position, I would collect my thoughts and not include my husband first. I would talk with my mom and get her to understand where I'm coming from and what I'm going to. Mm -hmm after the relationship is all right, then I will allow the husband to come in. Because I think it'll get really difficult if you get that in there. She will be the one to suffer the most. You know, and I think there are different opinions about including the husband. Let me come back to that in just a moment, because I agree with you. I think in this case, and I'll explain why in just a moment. I don't yeah. want to hurt her feelings by telling her, I'm sorry, I can't be loyal to you in that way anymore. I would evaluate Am I too desperate for my mother's approval? That's where we get into a codependent relationship where it's like the parent is the strong one and we're the weak one and we need to have the approval to feel valuable. At times, we can get lopsided having too much dependence on what others think of us. So this is an opportunity. Draw that boundary line and say, Mom, I will always love you. She needs to hear that. You'll always be in my heart. I would focus on what is true that is good about your relationship. Let her hear that she is important. She did many right things. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. You will always love her. But I must say that my husband and I have to find our own way through life now. There are times when we feel that you are dictating and that just drives a wedge between us because of us feeling pressured. Mom, I don't want that. We've got to make our own mistakes. No two people 
in a marriage will do everything right. And if we make mistakes, then we're responsible for those mistakes. You're not responsible for our mistakes. We will be responsible, but those will be well-learned lessons. Let's now go back to the issue of would it be better for the husband to do all the communicating of this? Why? It's her yeah. mother. It's her mother. That's right. And there are times when a well-meaning husband will come and say, I'm not going to have my mother-in-law beat up on my wife, and I'm going to take care of it, and will go in and try, and it is disastrous. Because now you're pitting the mother against the one who stole the daughter. It's got to be where the daughter is communicating because she'll continue to look to see, is this what you want? The mother can so easily dismiss what the husband says because, well, you're not my child. My child is my child. And so often parents keep their adult children as little children. And they have to, in time, earn the respect, if possible, of the parents. How specific should this daughter be? Keep it general? They've got to be very specific with each other and direct issues. Right. If she is indirect and doesn't hit the issue that's the unasked for advice, if she doesn't state it, then the mother can be genuinely clueless because the mother's justifying in her mind, I'm doing this right because I'm telling you, you've got a cluttered house. And is it about the clutter? It's not about the clutter. Yes. The Bible talks about doing what we do and saying what we say in love and truth. And you can't separate the two because then you, you start doing your own manipulation. It's love and truth. Right. Speaking the truth in love in Ephesians. Yes might help her to write out what she wants to say and practice with a safe person. Excellent. I'm so glad you said that. There are times when we can have situations that are so emotionally charged that if we don't have it written down, then we could say things in a way that we wouldn't want to say them. We could be reactionary. The person that we're talking to could interject things and all of a sudden get you off course for what you know you need to say. I believe that is 100% right on target, to write it out. And I'm just going to be personal here. There have been times, for me, it's like the trees were so close to my eyes, I could not see the forest. I couldn't figure out how to handle a situation. And I would go to someone wise, someone who would know the situation, and I would try to detail it, and I'll say, what do I say? I don't know how to say this. And over a period of time in my life, I tell you, it was just a lifesaver. That person could look at it objectively. Again, you have to pick somebody who's wise. Proverbs 13:20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. And if you don't have a wise friend, begin to pray for God to give you a wise friend. He who walks with the wise grows wise. Because that wise counsel can make all the difference in the world. Yes. I was going to say too, she should pray for guidance and wisdom in discerning what should be addressed in that conversation mm -hmm. so that, like you said, it doesn't get emotionally charged with other subjects because <clears throat> I know in dealing with my own mother, you never know what's coming in justification of mm -hmm. why she's acting in a certain way when mm -hmm. confronted. But praying, you know, God says the Holy Spirit will speak for you at the time. Everything doesn't have to already be in your mind. 
although it's good to practice because then you don't get steered off course, but that he will speak for you in that moment in which you need it. And that would be my prayer for her because she's so concerned about what her mother thinks of her, mm -hmm. she's forgetting what God thinks of her. Yes, and we are told, pray for those who persecute you. That protects your heart from bitterness. If every time she would think about her mother, turn it into a prayer that their mother would allow the Lord to be the need meter in her life. The daughter can't be the need meter. But prayer is a powerful tool for us, an instrument that God says that we need to use in our lives, and I believe it is to protect us from bitterness. This is Hope for the Heart with June Hunt, and we'll hear more of this conversation in just a minute. Did you know that you can find biblical and practical keys for living at hopefortheheart.org? I'll tell you more at our next break, and stay tuned for a special message from June. Now let's go back to our broadcast, as June talks with this young woman about having a healthy relationship with her mom. Remember that this call is pre-recorded. This is you providing the boundary not your husband. You communicate, Mom, I need you to honor this boundary, and I want us to have the closest relationship that we can have, but it needs to be a healthy dynamic, and I need you to understand what is appropriate within our relationship. If we don't have a way of interacting that's healthy, that's not going to be best for either of our relationships. I need you to learn not to give unasked for advice. I'm going to hold this boundary line, but no matter what, you never will be without my love. Affirming is vital. First Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. Now that doesn't mean, therefore, you don't present a boundary, a line that should not be crossed. Coming in for an hour and a half and attacking is wrong and that needs to be worked out but initially she's got to have permission to state what is true and to get out of this mindset her whole thing was the spiritual manipulation that her mother was doing honor your father and mother if you're not doing what I say you are dishonoring God you're breaking one of the Ten Commandments and so she had faulty thinking there obviously it's so wonderful when truth sets us free now I want to talk about the S's of aggressive manipulation. The should syndrome. You should show me respect. You should meet my needs. You should make me happy. You should give me security. Basically, that's you owe me, you ought to, you're expected to, you're supposed to. All these shoulds. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Love is not self-seeking. Yet, all these shoulds, it's all about me. How about the screeching scream? It really is classic. Applying loud pressure, intending to unnerve, forcing public humiliation, using verbal intimidation. Psalm 140, verse 3. They make their tongues as sharp as serpents. The poison of vipers is on their lips. There are some people who are so caustic, they're acidic in their scream. I'm talking about the screech. I intentionally put that word screech in there. By the way, have you ever seen a child want some candy in a store? <laughs> Mommy, I want the candy. No, honey, you don't need any candy right now. Mommy, I want the candy. 
candy. Honey, we don't need anything right now. We're just getting these things. We're, oh, honey, the candy. What does the mother do? Buys the candy. Public humiliation. And adults learn to play children's games. Have you had somebody who yells at you? Are you aware that as long as you give in, you have let them know it works? You're confirming that the tactic works. Now, if you want to continue the pattern, keep giving in. If you want to stop the pattern, then don't let it manipulate you. This is a choice you have to make. Now, the Bible does say, be angry but do not sin. And that's when it's justifiable. There could be some horrible injustice that's taken place. But in this case, we've got somebody who's screaming as a manipulative tactic. Don't let it work. And if it's your tactic, stop it. It's not profitable. It's not going to help you in your relationships. All it's going to do is harm your relationships. Manipulators who use the scream imply, if you don't do what I want, I'll make you wish you had. This is Hope for the Heart with June Hunt. We started the program today with the question, are you too desperate for approval? You don't have to be. And we pray that this conversation gave you at least a glimpse into this truth. Manipulation is not an easy topic to address in just one program. We do have a free download for you, and you can find that at hopefortheheart.org. And for a deeper look into manipulation, you'll want a copy of our Keys for Living on this topic. You can order yours at hopefortheheart.org or call us at 800-488-4673. Now, here's June with that special message. Hi, this is June again. I've been humbled by how God has blessed this broadcast by reaching millions of people over the past 34 years. We've been sharing the vital message how God's truth provides real answers to our real questions. After October 2nd, our daytime broadcast will transition off the air, but you can still listen to our nighttime program. And I invite you to our new website, junehunt.org. Here you'll find my audio teaching resources, just like you've heard on this broadcast. Plus, our Keys for Living series will be available, addressing relevant topics like anger, abuse, grief, forgiveness, marriage and family issues, and many other topics people face in life. Words can't express how much I appreciate our loyal listening audience. So join me as we step into this new season Make junehunt.org your place to go for biblical hope and practical help where I'll continue to provide God's truth for today's problems anytime, anywhere. June, thank you for sharing that news with us. We're all grateful to our listeners for joining us on this program over these 34 years. Your prayers and support have meant so much. Now, June and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart will still be here after this daily program transitions off the air. You can listen to June on her late-night radio program, Hope in the Night. And her new website is coming online in October. That will be junehunt.org. This is just one more way to find June anytime, anywhere. And we'll, of course, still have the existing Hope for the Heart website. Another new area of ministry here at Hope for the Heart is our Lifeline to Hope caregiver training. Here's more about that. Caregivers come from different backgrounds, education, and experience. But they all have one thing in common, a desire to help those who are hurting. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new caregiver training offered by Hope for the Heart. 
This 10-week video-based program can help you deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church. Biblical caregivers who can help meet the needs of hurting people, connecting lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This comprehensive training shows the biblical model for caregiving and includes sessions on effective listening, crisis intervention, family dynamics, having a ministry of presence, and more. Proverbs 11.14 reminds us that where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. We are really excited about this caregiver training. And that website, one more time to learn more, is lifelinetohope.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. Remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. Join us tomorrow for more hope and help right here on Hope for the Heart.